Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Dong and Rampa podcast. We are so excited today because we are diving in with another character analysis episode. This time, we are going to be talking about one of my personal faves, Nagito Kamaida. Um, I'm very excited. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get started. And before we do, just a heads up that this episode will spoil through the entirety of Goodbye Despair. That's right. So strap in and here we go. <laughs> I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Dong and Rumpa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. All right, we're here. We're chatting about Nagito, and I'm really excited for this one. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I learned so much about him. Like, wow, I'm shook. This was such a good idea. So I think it was Caroline's idea, actually. So thank you. Of course. I'm here with the good ideas all the time, you know? That's yeah, right. I'm killing it. <laughs> um, yeah, where to, like, where to begin, though? I, I don't even know. I Okay, so I could start because my you know, my journey when I was trying to do some research on him is I went to the Danganronpa wiki and I read through the whole article just to kind of get a vibe. And the quote that's at the top, like that is at the very top is from Nagito from the second game. And it says, I believe my actions will become the foundation of this world's hope. And if that really happens, praise me, tell others what I've accomplished, erect a bronze statue of me, respect me, please call me the ultimate hope. And so that's like the quote that this website chose to use to represent his character. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of the bronze statue and unpack it slightly because um, in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, there is this point in time, the story basically goes, Daniel was captured by King Nebuchadnezzar and he was in jail. I believe I could be a little wrong, but you know, it's the general vibe is there. And the king would constantly ask Daniel to interpret dreams for him. And there was one dream that he had where he saw a statue that was made of four different metals. The head was made of gold. And then the like hips and stomach were made of bronze, bronze statue, baby. And so I was reading the story and Daniel interpreted this dream. And I'm quoting Daniel 2.39 here. Um, It says, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise to power after you. Then there will be a third kingdom, a kingdom of bronze that will rule the whole world. And I sort of interpreted that as like, you know, Nagito wants to be the statue of hope. So from that quote, because the bronze is located in the stomach and hips, I have learned one of my acting training things is it was in Chekhov and Chekhov is very focused on the external becoming internal. And we talk about characters having a center in the head, a center in the heart, and a center in the will. And the will comes from the stomach and the hips. And so I took this and I was like, okay, so Nagito is somebody who is acting out of will, you know, and and he follows his will with his luck over the heart. And Nagito is uh, bends to his own will and the will of his luck. And he could never truly rule the world or be the protagonist because Makoto, the other lucky student, leads with his heart. Um, and I, I really, yeah, we, we were out here like 
unpacking some biblical texts, combining some acting knowledge. But yeah, I, I just, I like that quote. And then the bronze statue is a very, you know, obviously there's also the story in the Bible where Moses goes on the mountain and then people come down and then he comes down and the people are worshiping this bronze statue as like a false god. Kind of going off of that, talking about how Nagito and Makoto are similar, uh, Kodaka himself described Nagito as a Makoto who took a step down the wrong path, a dark hero, and a hope too extreme that could become despair. And so, and there was a, a little short series um, pretty recently in honor of the 10 year anniversary called Dong and TV. And they had Kodaka and some of the other people who helped create the games come back and talk about it. Then in that interview, uh, Kodaka mentioned how Makoto combined with a Shinigami is what Nagito is supposed to be about. Um, so I kind of wanted to just kind of go on that route there, but um, talk about what a Shinigami is. Um, it is a Japanese god of death or death spirit, but it's not a specific god, um, so there's no person that's like there's no like egyptian god of death like anubis in egyptian mythology um is that but that's not what a shinigami is in japanese culture um it's kind of interesting because in, instead of like escorting those who have died to the afterlife like other cultures who have gods of death usually do a shinigami invites and ushers people to their own demise um so it's a little bit darker of a take but what's really interesting is that shinigamis all have different personalities in what little is written about them there are some like in death note the popular anime who are very chaotic and look to death and look to just study kind of the evil ways of mankind and then there are some who are kind, like there's a story um, which I got from this YouTube channel called Mythology and Fiction Explained, but um, there was a Shinigami who stopped a man from hurting himself because he said, look, your candle isn't burnt out yet, um, because that was kind of how Shinigamis could tell when someone's life was up is when their candle would burn out. And just kind of a fun fact here, I know I'm going, I'm adding all these things on here, but... <laughs> Um, according to the character designer for Danganronpa, uh, Kamatsuzaki, they said that Nagito's hair, a portion of his hair that faced upwards, um, would grow bland and quiver like a flame. And so it's kind of an interesting full circle thing of Nagito being like a Shinigami and kind of bringing death to people around him um, and just kind of like that weird spirit of death vibe that you kind of get from him wow yeah yeah and you you said the shinigami is a god of death right you know what mm -hmm. that reminds me of do tell sounds a little familiar um kyoko's quote in trigger happy havoc when she talks about being able to hear the footsteps of the god of death and it's like it's like this omen that like bad things are going to happen and I feel like that is Nagito. Nagito is like just constantly foreshadowing bad stuff that's going to happen in the game. I think that's very appropriate for him. <laughs> and I think too like his luck it ebbs and flows like it's good and bad a lot of the time there it, it's two sides of, of the force here. Yeah uh, yeah Maddie. Yeah, I actually, I'm glad that you say that because I have a note that is kind of about that and about just how like Nagito is so, he's a man of contradictions, in my opinion. Like, 
his, you know, if you learn more about him in his free time events and the way he talks about like his luck with like all the things that have happened to him in the past, which we can unpack a little bit maybe. (laughs) But he talks about how like the bad luck would always lead to good luck because they, you know, supposedly they balance each other out. And so the worse, the bad luck, the better, the good luck. And like the worse, the despair, the better, the hope. And like Nagito like is always self-deprecating and like hates himself but he also has these huge delusions of grandeur like he's just constantly contradictory as a person so going off of that one of one of the things i looked at when looking at nagito and his luck personified is um the number 10 in the major arcana of tarot is the wheel of fortune and that card when it's pulled upright it means that you it is to remind you that life is a constant circle of there are highs and there are massive lows. And if you pull it and you're going through a rough time, it usually means like, listen, this will end and soon there'll be something better. And I thought that was super interesting when connecting to literally what you just said, like Nagito's luck, but yeah, how it, how it like ebbs and flows and on the card in the uh, Rider White deck, there are four Hebrew letters on the wheel that spell out an un it's like an unpronounceable name of god like we're not supposed to speak it i interpreted it that way but like also correct me if i'm wrong listeners if you know more about this than i do please shoot us a message it is kind of interesting though about like the concept of like having such low lows and such high highs for Nagito's life like um one of the events that he talks about in his free time is um when he and his family were at the San Cristobal airport and you know his plane got hijacked but then like a small meteorite I believe went and hit the hijacker so great but then also it hit his parents so ah but then also he got an inheritance so yay it's like (laughs) just this whole chaotic story it's like Um, a cartoon (laughs) it is it literally felt like like the roadrunner cartoon where like a giant anvil drops out of the sky and it's like great you know he was chasing me but at least he's gone yeah but it's kind of interesting because one of the biggest things that I feel like I have to say in this episode is that I don't believe that Nagito is any more lucky than you or me. I actually don't think he's lucky because Mm. I think that luck is a state of mind and correlation doesn't equal causation. A high event and a low event average equals the same as having no luck at all. It's just, it's very interesting to me because I don't know, like, he he always talks about how, like, oh, well, like, when something bad happens, like, I'll just wait for the good. Well, that's just, like, it's equal. It, it, it rounds out to equal, you know, being saved from a hijacker, but losing your parents. That That's just that's, being alive. Yeah, that's just yeah. being alive. I don't know if I agree that he isn't luckier than, like, the average Joe, um, but I, I hear where you're coming from, definitely. I... I think like in the real, in real life, like I don't really believe in luck. I mean, I, yeah, I just think like things happen to people and they just, you know, I don't believe that there's anything inherently lucky about some people over others. But I think as a fictional character, Nagito definitely, definitely has this weird fate surrounding him about the things that are going to happen. And he can make things happen in the way that he wants them to but indirectly because he's not in control of like exactly everything that's going to happen with his luck but he knows he knows that he can make certain things happen does that make sense yeah 
it makes sense i just don't know that i agree because like like the popsicle sticks in in chapter one um yes he draws the one lie and you might say oh he's lucky right well he doesn't get to end up committing his murder and he's like ostracized from all of his friends so great he had a good luck thing but there was bad luck associated with it and so i think that like the combination it's it's i think it's a debate of do you average the points do you say like he's gotten all these good things he's also gotten bad that makes it equal or is it man he's just never normal you know like he never has the average person's luck Um, right yeah yeah two ways of viewing it i would say yeah i want to make a connection to that so there is Okay, I, I'm not going to pronounce this right, but there is, I believe it's a Roman epic, and it's called Ionid, and there that is where the quote, fortune favors the bold, comes from. Um, and so the Roman god, goddess of luck is for, Fortuna, for, Fortuna. I'm going to say Fortuna because I don't, Fortuna sounds like the fish. <laughs> so I can't, uh, <laughs> Fortuna. Um, <laughs> For Narnia! <laughs> Fortuna! <laughs> oh my god. No, but um, it's the quote that fortune favors the bold, right? And this opens up the conversation of, like, someone who is brave, fortune favors, but they don't favor someone who acts recklessly or irrationally, takes irrational risks, does crazy things in the name of bravery. Because, you know, there's a difference between, like, true bravery and, like, people doing stupid stuff because they're brave you know um but this in greek mythology or greek mythology in roman mythology this quote and the story it surrounds is supposed to say like yes fortuna will reward people who are bold but she will also judge those who act recklessly and quote quoting my friend will who helped me out with a lot of the stuff in this episode shout out to will um he said like she would throw them to the wolves like and i i took this as like nagito in the last chapter acted recklessly and fortune did not favor him because his intention was to have the traitor be the last one standing but that was not what happened and yes it brought despair to those who were there but his intention wasn't to bring despair it was to bring hope and so fortune did not favor nagito and so with that i kind of Marin, I do see where you're coming from. I do think sometimes it is like a little supernatural. And I think that that's just the game it has some elements of that. But yeah, I don't think he is favored by by for lady, lady luck. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, because I think like if you take it in just a day to day person's life, like maybe you go up to a vending machine and you're really excited to get your purchase. Right. Well, someone cuts in front of you and their item gets stuck. So yours would have been, right? But it felt like bad luck that someone cut in front of you, but in reality, it saved you. So it's like, that is a much smaller scale of Nagito, like, you know, picking the red straw that allowed him to go try and kill someone, and then he didn't get to kill someone, you know, like, (laughs) but at the same time, it's kind of, it's just a different scale, I think. It's like constant irony, I feel like. Yeah. That happens to him, it's just constant irony. Yeah, and I think it's also, like, how you view the luck, because, 
like I watched this whole TED talk about like taking risks and how like considering yourself to be lucky, people who consider themselves lucky are more likely to take risks and they're, they think that good things will come to them. It's like uh, some psychologist, uh, Richard Wiseman, um, did a ton of studies on people who believe in luck, which Maddie, you might have something about, not sure. Yes. I think I've heard of him, but you're absolutely right. It can be kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of thing, where if you yes. see yourself as being lucky and having good things happen to you, you're more likely to act in ways that make good things happen to you. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of yes. like, yeah, 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 definitely kind of additionally not only just making good things come to you because like maybe if I feel I'm lucky well I'm gonna invest in the stock market you know so I feel like I'm gonna make money well investments usually lead to a strong outcome if you know like how to play the stock market basically but like um so that is a self-fulfilling prophecy but it's also the way that you look at things because like I watched this one YouTube video and they said like a boulder falls in front of you on the sidewalk someone who doesn't think they're lucky would say, oh my goodness, I was almost killed by this boulder. How unlucky. Whereas someone who's lucky would say, wow, how awesome is it? How lucky am I to have been missed by this boulder? So it's all just different views, you know? Amen. Is luck just a perspective on life? Like straight up, you're right. That is what I think. And that's why I think Nagito is equally as lucky. I think his perspective is way off from a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we are just as lucky as Nagito. Yeah. No, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Is this a good time to bring up something else, a little something, something about his free time events? Sure, sure. Time, buddy. So I, this is just a small kind of comment that stood out to me. And I was like, huh. When Nagito during his free time event is talking about the incident with the plane crash and his family, he says that he was in elementary school when it happened. So he was pretty young when he lost his parents, which is very sad. But then when he twists it into like the positive side, he's like, oh, but I gained this massive inheritance and I like, I gained my freedom. And that stood out to me as like, such an odd thing to say like if you're an elementary schooler I don't think that you're looking to gain freedom from your parents unless <laughs> you're possibly in like an abusive household I don't know but like I don't know what to think about that I mean I know that based on research that it he comes from a rich family and sometimes people who are from rich families like have less freedoms because like they have societal obligations like kings and queens are a good example like a lot of kings and queens couldn't marry for love whereas like people who were in the lower lower classes could because it didn't matter who they married whereas they had to marry like politically so it could be something like that where like there were certain obligations that made their lifestyle not very free mm -hmm. yeah there's also at the end of his free time events he says something along the lines of man, I'm glad I quoted that book. And it's, it, it's <laughs> yeah. like this weird implication that all or none of what he said could be true. That's another question I had is, do you think, do you guys think that Nagito was telling the truth about all of his, all the things that happened to him? I, God, that would ruin everything if he were lying. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't think he, he is lying. I don't think so either. And part of me just is kind of like, 
maybe because I don't want it to be a lie but like I'm also like why make that stuff up you know what I mean yeah because he's not the kind of person who's out here like trying to like get attention because of that he's like no it's fine like don't worry about it yeah he's just like casually like oh yeah my parents died in a plane crash like oh yeah this happened like whatever it doesn't look like he's seeking pity I think that it could be a lie but I think that that's not maybe the point um because his point is about his luck how there's pros and cons and you know maybe there was no airport scene but maybe you know like other things in this life you know uh yeah yeah. I mean I think I personally think it happened because I think he's like I said his perspective is so off base that it would suggest that something big happened like kind of had to have happened for him to get there but at the same time it could be fake yeah I don't know I don't think anyone will ever know yeah I don't know I mean like like I said I I think I lean towards thinking he's telling the truth and part of me part of the reason for that is because of one of the very very last things even last after that (laughs) of his um last free time event where this was really interesting to me it was kind of out of the blue but like Hajime asks Nagito, like, hey, what would you be doing if you didn't have this luck? If you, like, did, were not associated with Hope Speak Academy, like, if none of that happened, blah, blah, blah. And Nagito is like, oh, I guess I'd just be living, like, a chill, normal life. That made me kind of sad. I was like, oh, I mean, I, I felt like that was kind of heartbreaking to hear because I don't think Nagito wanted any of that to happen to him. Like, he's so like, oh, yeah, it's great. Like, hope. This gives me hope. But I I don't think that he asked for any of that, really. And I don't think he would have made something like that up if what he says he really wants is just a normal life. I have a great point that connects off of that, um, which is that if you complete his free time events, you get a trophy called the Hope Springs Eternal Trophy, which is a reference to the line, Hope Springs Eternal from the Human Breast, from the poem, uh, An Essay on Man by Alexander Pope. And that essay is about how because man cannot know God's purposes, he can't complain about his position in the chain of being, and he has to accept that whatever is, is right. And like, there have been a lot of critiques of that essay. So I'm not saying that it's correct by any means. And like listeners, you are welcome to like, you know, (laughs) accept or deny that. But it's, I think it really fits Nagito because he accepts whatever comes to him. He's like, oh yeah, like, like I'm supposed to be here, like whatever, whatever. Literally, if you give him the, like a wrong item in his free time events, he says, this is amazing, Hajime. What an impressive display of harassment. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I love him. <laughs> um, but yeah, and something really interesting real quick about that poem is that um, it was four uh, epistles, I think it's is how you pronounce it, into one book. And there were multiple sequels after that one book. And the plan for the sequel was to write it about none other than human talent. What? Ooh, wow. Cool. Huh. I wanted to say that I think that I read this on the Danganronpa wiki page, but it said that 
it's sort of implied that because Nagito's life is so unpredictable because of the extremes of his luck and what it displays, he sort of relies on hope as the one steady force to put his his whole being into because his life isn't steady and so he needs something to strive for that is and I think that um yeah I had another note that kind of goes off of that and when you when you talk about like hope is the thing that guides Nagito right throughout like all of the decisions he makes he makes them based off of hope but here's where I start to, I try to analyze it and I start to like try to think about it more and I get stuck because I feel like I cannot, even after doing this character analysis, even after doing this research, playing the game, playing the free time events, whatever, I feel like I cannot define what hope is to Nagito. Like, what is it? Like, what does he see as hope? Because to him, I feel like he spins it in such a way that hope can be anything. And like he says in his free time events that hope is absolute good. And I guess you could take that in a way of like maybe the end justifying the means kind of thing for the situations when he like tried to commit murder or tried to get everyone killed. But he he twists it in a way that's like murder is hope or like in chapter five, his arguably suicide and how that is hope. And it's just so, like, he can mold that into anything, I think, in a way. And it's like, you can't define what his hope actually is. So I interpret it as, like, someone is committing murder in the hope of leaving the island, in the hope of graduating. And so if someone hopes for something, Nagito supports it. So if someone is like, I hope the world ends, he'll be like, yeah, I support your hope. Do whatever you got to do to make that hope happen. So I think as human beings, we're imperfect and we we dream and hope for things that are are not, quote, morally good sometimes, like, you know, in our deepest thoughts. I think that's human wide. And so with Nagito, there's no differentiation between the um, morally good and morally bad things it's just all as long as you're hoping for a thing he wants you to go after that hope no i i agree because like maddie you said hope is murder like he would view it that way but i disagree i think he would view that murder creates hope um but for i think the person. there's yeah. yeah i think there's a difference it's just interesting to me that that is like i agree with that what you two have just said but he also in his free time events chooses to define hope as absolute good and then I feel like that kind of doesn't fit with some of the other views that he has on hope that it, we see. And it's just like, it, it feels like it's just this vague thing that Nagito is chasing after that he doesn't have a clear image of, of what actually, of what hope actually is. And so, it, and I think that's what makes him so unpredictable in a lot of ways um Mm -hmm. because there's not a clear answer there i actually have a really good like kind of point off of that which is that um kadaka in the dongan tv and like in some previous interviews mentioned that he thought of nagito as a joker and batman combination 
which he his goal when creating Nagito was to have a divided community about him. He wanted there to be a split in how people viewed him. He thought that half, yeah, he thought that half would understand him and half would be absolutely confused by him. And so Maddie, what you're feeling is actually exactly the goal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, we want to know, what do you all think of Nagito? I know he's a divisive character. Let us know by leaving us a message on anchor.fm. We'd love to hear your voices and we'd love to feature you in our finale episode of our podcast. So leave any questions you have there. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're Ultra Hoop Girls Podcast everywhere. We are vibing. We are thriving. And if you're able and want to have a bonus episode on the weeks we don't record, subscribe to our Patreon. The lowest tier is just $2 a month. And episodes on there are a pretty rad time. Maddie just posted an ultimate psych one. Love it. Absolute legend. All right. We'll be right back after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a note about despair in Agito, actually. Fun times. Um, so we learn in chapter zero, sort of, that he has, like, cut off his left. He has Junko's arm on his left hand. And I, going back to Fortuna for a second, I'm going to talk about her a lot because there's a lot to unpack with Roman mythology. And I want to make a note. I think that mythology is a neat lens to be analyzing characters in Danganronpa because the gods and goddesses in I'm talking mostly Greek and Roman mythology but a lot of mythologies are like ultimates themselves because they are like the god of war the god of love and that is like in their ultimate ability they don't bleed over each other or chaos happens basically if if they overstep their own bounds um but so Fortuna is often pictured with a cornucopia in her left hand on like currency roman currency like she's pictured and a cornucopia is like that thanksgiving basket with all the fruit in it that's what that is so in case we didn't know what that was <laughs> um, but um i this obviously like nagito's left hand is the one that is severed and replaced with junko's hand and i almost took that and i said well nagito is like sever like has part of junko because he instead of spreading like prosperity and and good fortune to the world which a cornucopia represents he's spreading absolute despair and absolute like terribleness i liked what you said about like the other kind of gods and goddesses being viewed as ultimates i kind of oh, like yeah. that um and nagito himself this is according to the danganronpa wiki called himself when he was at hope's peak the ultimate ultimate fanatic um, yeah, which is, yeah. yeah, very interesting. So he has that name for some reason. And it's interesting because in his free time events, the items that you can give him that he likes, a lot of them are based on other ultimates. So there's Mukuro's knife. There's the book about Sayaka. There is a book about a character from Danganronpa uh, Zero, her like notebook, I guess. Um, I've not read Danganronpa Zero, so I could not comment on it. You can give him Mukuro's knife? 
Yep. Is that what he uses in chapter five? <laughs> no, Is it's it the his... same knife. <laughs> it's you the provide knife that was, him. Like, stabbed into Mukuro's chest in the fifth trial. Fun yeah, fact. yeah, yeah. No, that's like the survival knife, but the the knife that Nagito uses is also a survival knife. So maybe True. it's the same. So <laughs> maybe Hajime gave Nagito the weapon with which he's. <laughs> it was Hajime. Oh in the ballroom with the knife. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, continue though. <laughs> you're good. Um, but it's interesting to think about how much he takes from other characters and how much he is really an ultimate fanatic. Because, like, in Nagito's death in Chapter Five, if you look at everything he's done to himself in that case, it kind of comes from other characters' deaths in the first game. So Sayaka was stabbed. Chihiro was tied up, Sakura was poisoned in a locked room, Mukuro was speared, and it's like, it just keeps adding and adding and adding, and it's like, I mean, yes, like, they're- Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> but you're so right, right, though. Like, wow. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, going off of that, another thing I wanted to talk about is, um, so there is this story surrounding, it's the Sword of Damocles, and there's um, a Rocky Horror Picture Show song based off of the Sword of Damocles, which I think is a little fun tidbit for all of you. But um, it's an interesting story because it's basically like a farmer is like, oh man, being king must be so great. Like I, you can just lounge around all day and relax and your servants do everything for you. And then the king heard about it and said, all right, sir, let me, <laughs> like, and he, he invited him into the court and then laid out this elaborate feast for him but the entire time there was a sword hanging from the ceiling by a single horse hair that would have like impaled him um which first of all spear literally chapter five y'all but also (laughs) the moral i guess of this story is supposed to be that like kings can give up their position and become whatever the heck they want like a king since they're the highest tier they could become a farmer if they wanted to they could be like all right yeet bye i'm gonna start a beet farm okay (laughs) um you know and then but farmers are are they have to be farmers they don't have a choice in life because they can't become a king um and so i almost i took this and i said okay yeah amen so i I really liked how Nagito, like how this relates to how Nagito views the other students, because in a way, the ultimates are in a fixed life. They don't have an option of what they're going to do. They have to be the ultimate gamer, the ultimate musician, but that's what they are. And whereas Hajime, like he has every option available to him. So maybe in Nagito's mind, fortune honors those who don't have every option available to them. Someone who has fate like on their name, like literally, Maren, what you're talking about earlier with fate and yeah. Yeah. And that really, I think, is an echo of what he says at the very beginning of chapter two, when he's going on about like, it opens with his weird monologue about like, no matter how much a small dog tries, it can't become a large dog or like something <laughs> like, stuff like that about how like unworthy humans can't become worthy and he has this kind of fixed mindset about that but I think yeah that I think that echoes that I have a whole section about his like view on other people's talents too like how he views talent itself um so there is this thing in Plato's philosophy it's called the platonic ideal of like a of a thing 
And essentially, this is quoting my dear friend, Will. Shout out to Will, who this is how he emailed me and described this to me, which I, I knew what this was like before he emailed me, but I just love the way he did. I had to steal it. So this is all credit to Will. So he said, take any object, say a visual novel. We can use certain traits to identify a visual novel. Text, story, still images, and interactivity are all mainstays of the genre. We can compile every trait that makes something a good visual novel and lump them all together. Every visual novel is a corrupted show of this perfect ideal visual novel. Inversely, no visual novel can exist that fully manifests this platonic ideal, just as you can never draw a perfect circle. And so I took this and I said, okay, applying to Makoto versus Nagito, which is like a whole other freaking conversation we could have, um, you know, both are lucky students and recognize they're, and like, we know where they're similar, you know, like we, we see where they're similar, but they're also very different because I think Nagito wants to be the platonic ideal of this version of luck, meaning that he explores every possible trait and gift and identifying feature that makes him the lucky student. And in trying to live virtuously toward this ideal, he damns himself and corrupts those around him. And maybe the platonic ideal is not something to strive towards. And I also looked at it like, are the ultimates themselves like platonic ideals of like the thing they represent? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So he's like the imperfect circle then. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> you can never be that. Like it's impossible. Can that be wow. the title of this episode? Yeah. The imperfect circle. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so good. Oh my goodness. Or actually... Maybe it's that Nagito sees the other students as platonic ideals of what they represent, and so he wants to be at their level. Yeah, they're not. No one like is that. Yeah, yeah. He does say at one point though, like I think he says something like, "Oh, my admiration for you ultimates isn't like I isn't that I want to be like you. It's that I just it's like a selfless devotion that wants nothing in return." I think he says something like that, and it's kind of like. Are you sure? Are you sure, Nagito? Like, <laughs> are we sure about that? So this one's pretty widespread. A lot of people know this one, but I thought it was cool. And so I was like, we, we'll bring it up, you know, in case anyone doesn't know. But Nagito's birthday is April 28th. And uh, in Japan, the number four is considered unlucky because its pronunciation, which is she, is similar to how you pronounce the word for death. The number 28 equates to double luck, meaning that his birth month which represents death um, is bad luck while his birthday represents double luck, which cancels out like the aforementioned misfortune. And so his birthday literally is what we were talking about earlier, where it's like good luck, but also bad luck. Maddie, it is your time, brother. Neuroscience. Yay. Yay! Oh, no. Okay. All right. So, (laughs) okay. All right, so my biggest thing that I um I had to to talk about for this character analysis is Nagito's brain. Um because as you all know by now, I am a wannabe neuroscientist and this stuff is very interesting to me. So when I played through his free time events and he brought up that he was diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia, I was like, "Hold up. Boy." And then I was like, "All right, <laughs> research time." And basically what I found is, so, so obviously we said 
there's a possibility maybe that Nagito is lying, um, but that we kind of feel like maybe he's not. And so for his diagnosis of frontotemporal dementia, otherwise known as FTD for short, he, it, it used to be called Pick's disease. And it is a condition where the frontal and temporal lobes of the brain start to basically shrink away because the cells are dying. And um, there are three main types of it. Um, there's like an aphasic type, which harms your ability to speak um, and communicate. There's a motor type, which kind of results in like Parkinson's or ALS-like symptoms. And then there's behavior variant, BV, BVFTD. And this one is definitely the one that Nankito has if he <laughs> does in fact have um, FTD because this type, it's, it's like, at least in the early stages, there's not a lot of like cognitive deficits associated with it. It's like, you don't necessarily have memory loss. You don't necessarily have an inability to like think through things, but there's huge changes in behavior and personality so and some other research I found about this was that there is, I think it's, re- it's referred to as an apathetic subtype of this type of dementia, where um, there, some of the symptoms are anhedonia, like loss of interest or enjoyment in things, a loss of appropriate social emotions, and get this, decreased pain response. Um, which is very oh my God. interesting. <gasps> Doesn't that make a lot of sense? Because we were talking about how like, oh my God, in chapter five, how is he able to do all that to himself? Like, you know, I, and it could literally be because his brain is deteriorating in certain areas and he doesn't have as intensive a pain experience. The, the thing that makes me the most skeptical about him having this is the fact that it's like so it's like almost unheard of in people under the age of 30. And like I think like the youngest it's ever been diagnosed was like 31 or something like that. And so him being like probably what 15, 16 getting this diagnosis is like really, really, but you know, think about it as crazy luck. Maybe that is possible. Caroline, did you have something to throw in there? I was going to say like, and I know Marin, I'll talk about it, but he, I think he has, is it lymphoma? Lymphoma, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's a a death sentence, except Nagito said, I survived that baby. And so maybe this is like the universe's way of like, yeah, he got lucky in surviving a literal terminal illness, but (laughs) jokes on you, pal, you have terrible luck because now you have this like brain disorder, brain disorder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But like, so that I was like a little skeptical, but I was like, okay, considering his luck, like I will definitely suspend my disbelief for that. And I like, and it also makes sense that it's like behavior and personality that are affected and not cognition because there is no way like he would be able to have put together the plan he did in chapter five or um, that kind of thing. If he had like serious cognitive deficits, in my opinion, um, because he had to plan for everything and see every possibility. And I also think that he's like miles ahead of everyone in the trials sometimes. Like he knows what happened um, because he can figure stuff out. He's very smart. Another thing that I will say is that, not going to lie, I thought I had a headcanon about him, actually, um, that I changed my headcanon when I found out about his um, FTD hear me out because I, I did a, you know, ultimate psych episode on this talking about, um, Taka and like neurodivergence and that kind of thing. 
Um, I'm also neurodivergent myself and I'm also a you know, psychology major and whatnot. So I love to look for possible examples of neurodivergence in fictional characters. But my headcanon was that Nagito had schizophrenia. A lot of the behavioral and emotional things that are coming up with like everything that I've researched about FTD are also symptoms of schizophrenia. That kind of thing, like it's, there's a lot of overlap. And we also talk about him having like delusions of grandeur, which could be debated as to whether they're delusions at all, considering that he is actually capable of doing some powerful things. In my opinion, he has a blunted emotional response to a lot of things that happen. Like he's just like, oh, someone got murdered. Wow. So you mentioned that Nagito also has lymphoma, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that like you're not sure that like if what he's saying is true. We mentioned that it's like, you know, he says at the end, like, thank goodness I quoted that book. And it's like, sir, <laughs> please <laughs> be real with us. <laughs> but um, I personally think that he does that he's telling the truth about his behavioral variant frontotemporal dementia and the lymphoma, um, specifically because of chapter three, where he gets, for some reason, way sicker than everyone else. And lymphoma, for our listeners, if you do not know, is a cancer of the lymph system and your white blood cells specifically which are the cells that protect your immune system, your immunity. Um, And so it would make a lot of sense for him to be sick in another way for his body to have reacted that way to the, uh, the despair disease. So for that reason, I do think that it's real. A lot of what he said. Yeah. I think that it's, it kind of reminds me of Phineas Gage in a way. Yes. 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 Uh, For our (laughs) listeners, again, um, he was a railroad construction worker who had a railroad spike go through his head. um, And that caused him to suffer from behavioral changes, but not really any cognitive changes. Like he, he just felt like someone with a different personality. Nagito. I would uh, love to give him an MRI. I'd, I'd love to see what we find. I'm just, sorry, maybe that's like... I love that. Nagito, I'd love to give him an MRI. <laughs> that's Maddie's review. <laughs> like three star Nagito, three stars. I would love to give him an MRI. <laughs> For one thing, talking about Nagito's luck... It has been long past six months since Nagito got his diagnosis of lymphoma, if it is true. And so it's kind of that balance of the scale thing where he got these two, he probably got these two very detrimental diagnoses. However, he's not being affected by them very much. You know, it's mentioned in his character description that he has like pale, sickly skin. So maybe he isn't feeling his best all the time. And it's not like he would share that with the other Ultimates because they're great. They don't need to hear about his worries, whatever. But it's very interesting to me that he is very much doing very well with this bad luck. He's having a lot of good luck in these diagnoses. So anyways, that kind of he he knows he's going to die. Everyone dies. That is a fact of life. But he knows he's going to die pretty soon. He knows he has outlived what people have given him. And I think that that affects his decisions completely. He, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Like, 
like I'm watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer right now and she is a vampire slayer which makes your life very dangerous you know and she kind of makes rash decisions or like is willing to like you know take risks herself because she knows her life isn't probably going to be very long so she likes to make the most out of it mm. and i think nagito is the exact same way he knows he's going to die so why not die for hope that actually leads into my my last point pretty well which is um talking about queer coding in media because nagito is a canonically gay character um which is really really cool and like awesome we out here however so there is this term when talking about queer representation in media called abjection or abject and a really good example of this is like ursula from the little mermaid she is a queer coded character and abject people usually are like hideous to look at they're like they're ah oh my gosh society they're an outcast to society whether it's the way they act or the way they look i wanted to talk about this because bringing this up in the context of danganronpa like the so far only confirmed canonically queer well i guess also territory but anyway but like (laughs) we don't talk about him here (laughs) (laughs) um but but like the queer representation is nagito um who is crazy like wild and also like looked sickly and is going to die and i'm out here like okay so why is the only representation we're getting this person who is like still abject this brings up the question in disgusting queer representation in media why are these kinds of people in these bodies always on the outside and why are queer characters often outcasts or villains rather than the leading role and the protagonist you know it's just an interesting conversation to have and i noticed that theme of objection come abjection coming up um with nakito my very last note is actually about um, Hajime and Nagito's relationship. So Nagito's last, I, I feel like I've said this a million times, but the last thing he says in his last free time event, <laughs> um, but he, like, it's literally, this is the last thing he says. It's after Hajime's walking away and Nagito stops him and says, from the bottom of my heart, I am truly in love with the hope that sleeps inside you. And Damn, I just, mm, like, I, not gonna lie, you guys, like, I kind of like the, the Nagito Hajime ship. It's just, me like, I, it's growing on me a little bit, yeah. actually, because, like, Hajime seems, like, fed up with Nagito for a lot of the game, but I don't think he hates him. I don't think he, like, I think Hajime feels something for him, not necessarily romantically, but, like, something. and like one thing that stood out to me big time was Hajime's sense of loss after they find Nagito in the warehouse and you know after his death I think Marin was it you who brought up some of Hajime's quotes at that point and were like this is what real grief looks like um yeah and like I agree with that completely he's not relieved that Nagito's dead he's not like oh thank god that guy's out of the way he's like oh my god like Nagito's gone yeah you know and it's it's sad oh let me cry no I totally agree Maddie and like um 
even at the end of his free time events, he always kind of, well, always might be strong, but he ends it with this thought of like, I don't know if I'll ever understand Nagito, but it's not, I don't understand. I'd like to stop hanging out with him, whoever's playing this game. Like, please stop sending me to be free time buddies with him. (laughs) (laughs) But every time it's like, how can I understand him? Like, what am I missing? I'm trying so hard to like, get him and I totally agree I think that there's something there yeah so the last thing I have is his unused execution which there is no canon execution for him this was fan based but it has like I think like 300,000 likes it's very popular so it's kind of accepted but it is not canon so just for everyone's heads up Um, and the art was created by a Pixiv user called Orima so check them out they're very talented so Nagito's unused execution had he killed someone and gotten or not gotten away with it um, is that he is on this like circus trapeze looking thing and Monokuma is cutting the ropes that attach to it but none of the ropes that he cuts makes the trapeze fall um so then he gets annoyed and sets the platform on fire and Nagito is burned alive but it is just this perfect perfect just last nudge about how Nagito's luck is there yes he's getting executed but it's not gonna work like it's like oh (laughs) I'm just obsessed with it all right, guys, today for Bed, Wed, Behead, we are going to be going through some of the lucky characters in the group. So we have Makoto Naegi, Hajime Hinata, and of course, what would a Nagito character analysis be without Nagito? So, yeah. Classic. Mm. I can go. I already know my answer. <laughs> um, I would be head Makoto. I don't think that's surprising. Um, <laughs> sorry. But I would probably bed Hajime and wed Nagito. I almost said the other way around, but um, I think they're both very interesting. They're both very cute. Um, But Nagito to me is a little bit more interesting. I think it would be a, a, you know, being married to him would be a little scary, but it would be (laughs) a fun time. (laughs) Yeah. I would be head Nagito. Nope. I would be head oh, Makoto. I'm she so sorry. She would wed Makoto? <laughs> no, I would not. Oh, no. <laughs> I would it's, be he's your husband. Makoto. Yeah, he, goodbye, Makoto. Um, I would bed Nagito, you know, and then I would wed Hajime because honestly, like, I, I like him. I, I like Izuru too. I like someone with a little bit of a dark side. So, you know, yeah. I'll get married to him. I have the same answers as Caroline. Yeah, I gotta marry my my better Gotta marry my bestie pig's wife, who pig. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for coming to listen today. We hope you enjoyed this character analysis. It was so much fun for us to prepare. Uh, if you are looking for more Ultra Hope Girls content, make sure you become a patron. We post episodes every. We post bonus episodes every week that we don't record um, in the lowest amount to get access to those episodes is only $2 a month. So make sure you check that out. Super, super cool stuff on there. Uh, We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Amino, everywhere. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your questions. So make sure you leave us an audio message on anchor.fm and we will try and answer your question on a future podcast. But that is it from us today. And we can't wait to see you next time. Bye. Bye.